All right. I'm Devin. And I'm Jeremy. And this is with friends, friends like, like these. these. We're back for a third week. Third week. Third lucky week. number three. Thanks to everyone who's stayed with us. Yeah. And welcome to everyone who's joining us. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> we hope that you choose to stay with us. All right. This week's topic is... Work. Work. You better work. Come on, bitch. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like dominatrix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's my full-time job, so we're just getting right into it now. All right, so... Work relationships are very different than friendships. Yes. So, what is the best work relationship you've ever had? Hmm... It's hard. Yeah. I I probably have like two, I think. Um when Alana is definitely the best because she was never she was technically my boss, but I think Alana's one year older than me. So it was interesting, but she never she was like, I trust you. We worked in well, originally we worked in PR and somehow we worked for the Woodstock Film Festival. Somehow that got us to transportation, so that's cool. But she was always like, I trust you, just do it, go for it. And then she, like, became one of my good friends and went from work to friendship. And to this day is like, she's one of the most badass people I know, but she also, like, continues to network on my behalf, which is amazing. And then probably working, like, I've had so many jobs (laughs) So just like working with Anna at a cafe where she was the baker and I could just go back there whenever I was feeling frustrated and be like, these are all my frustrations. And she was like, I hear you. Those are mine as well. <laughs> so, and to the and we're, we're now friends because I don't work there anymore, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think those would probably be my best relationships. I think my most recent was for my old job my senior staff member Daija we used to do shopping every Monday mm. and like Little banjo. yeah and she like understood all the bullshit of the organization and like got it and now I recently got her hired at my current job so we're just continuing that like really good oh, work relationship that's, right. that's amazing yeah and I think that's something people don't really talk about is like when you have a good relationship then it goes into like being networked yeah so, yeah. And also, like, the terrible things you're talking about, that bonds you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really does. Like, we are bonded in our... We are trauma bonded. Trauma bonded. I like that. And... But we're also bonded with, like, some of the good shit, too. Yeah. And she's the type of person that, like, I know has, like, a good work ethic and, like, is a good person at heart and is, like, good at what they do and was just in a shitty situation was being taken advantage of. Yeah, and that's that's hard to watch when someone is, like, in those situations and you respect them so much. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that's the worst. I've definitely seen that myself. But then I'm like, it's your duty to get out of that, and I'm here to help you. But, yeah. I mean, obviously you helped. Yeah. What was your worst work relationship? I've had a lot. I don't know if, like... I wouldn't say relationship, but just people that I've worked with. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a relationship. I guess what's your worst... Who is your worst co-worker? Ever? It, I mean, you could do... You could do top three. 
top three top seems three. fair. And so I, I've had like a fair number of jobs. So <laughs> right, we. I think it's safe to say that we should probably mention that we've both had a lot. Of a jobs. lot of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Most recently, with my oh, currently, I work with this guy who was a former bails bondsman. Interesting. Yeah, and now he's working in a school. So I don't know if plot he's like twist. plot twist, but I don't know if he's like secretly perpetuating the prison pipeline or is he really just trying to help these kids. That's just my own. Maybe he like got so tired of being the bail bonds man that he wants to be bond. He just wants to. So yeah. he wants to save them. He but he's like a real creepy scumbag. Mm. Like things have started to come out about oh, him. Oh right. We're not gonna mention those because of lawsuits. Yeah, but we're not gonna mention my name. But he's just like. And he's real fucking annoying, too. Like... Annoying is hard to work alongside. Because when you think about it, you if you work full-time, it's 40 hours a week that you're with these yeah. people. Yeah. Which is more than I'm with my family or friends. Yeah. And I like them, so... <laughs> There's him. Uh, my last job, there was a woman on our leadership team who... And, like, I get... Being a woman in a position mm-hmm. of power, you have to come off as assertive. And sometimes being mm-hmm. assertive can come off as a bitch. Mm-hmm. But she was not coming off as a, as a bitch, like bitchy assertiveness. She was just being a straight up bitch. Like she's just an unkind. Even. An unkind woman. Yeah. Who would speak to anybody any which way she wanted to. So just no respect. No respect for anybody. Hmm. And like, you can't do that. In no. a professional setting, especially if you've never been set straight, and she never was, so she just got away with it. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. It makes me sad when women who are leaders in a work environment aren't holding up their end of the bargain. Exactly. Like, if you're just coming off as assertive, I would have got it, but it wasn't assertive, it was just straight up bitchy. Hmm. And, like, my number one is when I used to work at Walgreens. <laughs> And we had a collection of just... Walgreens is not sponsoring us, by the way. Yeah, never. <laughs> They're not going to after this, either. Just a collection of weird-ass people. I worked with this girl who... Like, she was just weird in general, but it was her family. Oh. They all looked the same. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> and it was, like, very, like, incesty. I got that feeling. Could be, or whatever genes that are being, like, pulled through are, like, the strongest genes. But she was just... Not the best. Like, a little rednecky, a little white trash. (laughs) Between this podcast episode and the last one, we expect a lot of hate mail. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, I definitely have coworkers that stunk. I think for me it's a little different because I am... A woman in the workforce. I my first, my very first job, which is <laughs> sad to admit, I was I did not work until I was eighteen. Wow. Because my parents <laughs> supported me. It's really in short, but I never I never had to. If I was academically stable and I was playing sports and staying out of trouble, then I was supported by my family. But. When I was 18 or 19, honestly, I don't remember. So I had never earned a dollar for myself, which was crazy. I was at college, and I needed money for, like, you know, beer. And it was embarrassing to text my dad and be like, I don't have any money. My friends are going to the movie. Can you transfer $20 into my account? Like, it was embarrassing. So there was, I didn't have a car. There was a subway. 
So I applied and I got the job and I was so impressed with myself. My first interview, my first job, lo and behold, (laughs) this guy only hires short brunette women, which is me, me. And there was one guy who worked there and you would think that this guy was my worst coworker. He ended up in jail (laughs) and like, like was doing hardcore drugs in the bathroom. And then later I found out that's the food industry sometimes. That's especially at subways. I don't know. Also not sponsored. But um, that guy ended up in jail for like stealing drugs. And he still wasn't the worst part of that. My boss, who was only hiring women of a certain race and look. Yeah, demographic. Was also a little person. And if anyone's familiar with Subway, it is a close quarters behind those counters. Mm-hmm. And when you get busy, you kind of shuffle around yeah. and go behind each other. And my boss would always go behind me and touch everyone's butts as he did so. Which, one, not sanitary for the food, and two, gross. Like, why? Yeah. Why? And at one point... Those are not the buns you should be touching. No, nobody wanted those fresh buns for their sandwiches, sir. And every now and then, I think to look him up on, like, Facebook and see if he ever got married, if he ever, whatever happened to him, was that his life? I think maybe he was, like, I think he was 40 at the time, running a subway. And the guy who owned it was weird. He would call us, and he would be like, I can see you, I'm watching the cameras, you're doing great. So the whole thing was weird. But he was, he was definitely probably my all-time, like, worst co-worker. And then I have had so many co-workers between here and there yeah <laughs> and there's definitely been i don't know i can't i could probably fill in my top three i mean i just keep thinking of bad people though that i've known but uh i'm trying to think there's oh i had a co-worker at a film festival who never wanted to do anything but wanted to be in charge of everything those are the worst and yeah that was that was a big lesson i was like hey how can you think you can run all these things and not do anything and she never stopped talking so like she wanted to talk about what we were going to do and never do it which drives me insane and she i never heard from her after that vestal wrapped i thought i was going crazy because we were spending so much time together and then i was like no i just you're not my people and i had a boss at that same festival who (laughs) sexually harassed all the interns (laughs) so i would say those are top three I remember one time thinking, like, he was like, oh, no, you don't have to make the coffee. I'll do it. And I was like, wow, I'm an intern. (laughs) Who doesn't have to make the coffee as an intern? But I was like, they must really like me. But that wasn't the case. They just wanted to sleep with me, I think. Mm. So, thanks. (laughs) He left that industry, and I think he's a real estate agent. So don't buy a house from that guy. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. So those are our best and our worst. (laughs) But we also touched on bosses. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Who is your best boss and worst boss? My and best you can't boss. say yourself. <laughs> I think currently my current boss is my best boss. Okay. He is a, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s white guy who understands his privilege and understands what mm-hmm. our position is for and how we're trying to like change the world and he's also like the chillest guy for being like a vice principal hmm. he literally like if we have an idea we can present it to him and he says let's try it he's only ever turned down I like that. one idea and that was because like 
there was more background information that we did not know about it. Okay. That makes sense. But he's open to anything. He is so cool and just so funny and just understanding and willing to fight for us, too. I like that. I love that in a boss that's willing to, like, stand up for you, let you be creative, and support you. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your worst? Uh, Probably my last manager when I was at Target. I forget what his name is. Chad. His name is Chad. Chad, if you're listening, fuck you. (laughs) And suck a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He took over for our... Our first manager, Frank, who also was a great guy, like, he took our store over when we were the bottom of the list in our district and then made us number one in the district within six months. Wow. I know that. Yeah. And he also fought for us, too. He fought against our district manager, who was a huge bitch, and basically said to her after she did a whole bunch of shit, here's my keys. If you think you can run the store better than I can, you can have it. (laughs) And walked out. (laughs) So, like, it always surprises me, the people who are in authority positions, honestly, and how they got there. Yeah. So, it's nice to hear that your current boss is, like, a white man, but also doing what's right. Yeah. Because that's not always the case, and I'm not trying to say white men are, like... White men are the worst, also. But... (laughs) They're not the best. (laughs) But But it's great. He understands what's up, and that we work with... A population of kids of color who are from low-income communities, and he understands he'll never understand what that is like. Oh, that's but he a huge can use thing. his yeah. position of privilege to step to, up that. to step up and help them. Yeah, that's that's huge. I think my worst boss. I've had a lot of. So I recently left my job, and those bosses were terrible. And I really thought I was ready for that, and I just want to say that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but I, I walked away from that job feeling that I never wanted to work for another woman again. And I thought that that was a really powerful, like, feeling to walk away. Like, I can't believe I'm feeling that way. I started to interview, and, like, I was like, oh, I just, I'd rather work for a man. Because I felt like they would appreciate me more, but then, I don't know, I keep coming back to that and thinking that that's not the best way to be thinking. From my perspective, from you leaving that job, I would just say it would be never working for women like that again. Yeah, they were very um, stuck up and, like, so in- intense and insane. And I've dealt with intense and insane, and that is probably my worst boss was. Um, so for a very long time, I was working only at film festivals, and I got called back to this festival, and I was so excited. And let me tell you... <laughs> The crazy that that woman was. And even walking away from her, I felt like, oh, that's just, that's an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. This is, this woman is nuts. She, I was her executive assistant and I interned. That was the internship. I can't believe I even went back to that after realizing that my first boss was kind of molesty. But I went back thinking I'm going to work for a woman. It's going to be great. I'm not going to deal with that guy. And... She had me do, like, almost intern-like things. I had to put her lipstick on once. I would carry it, put it on her. I carried her cigarette. It was insane. And all of that, I could be fine with. But there was this moment that she drank too much, and I drove her around, which was insane, because I also, at that point, had a ton of anxiety with driving, but I was, like, doing it at night, and it was terrible. But she said to me... Look at you now. Because, okay, so I thrive. I thrive under pressure. So when the pressure's on, 
everything is organized, like, my control freakness kicks in. Same. <laughs> right. So, from the day to day, sometimes it looks like I'm not doing anything, but I'm really, com- I'm usually preparing myself for worst case scenario mm-hmm. and the end of the world. <laughs> And so I was on top of it. I had extra socks in my purse for me and her because it turns out changing your socks in the middle of a 14-hour day, big game changer. <laughs> Makes you feel fresh as a daisy. And she looked at me and said, you're really doing a great job, Devin, and I really feel like I had to break you down to make you this great. And that was something that I just never forgot. And I said, no. And she was like, I feel like I... She was crediting herself for my strength and I said, no, I come from a long line of strong women. It's all I've ever known. It has nothing to do with you. And I remember thinking, you can't fire me. We're in the middle of a festival. Yeah. And then two days later, um, festival drama happened. And she said, we had to leave the best party. Mind you, I couldn't drink. I couldn't do anything. I could just enjoy the environment of not having to be glued to this woman for a few hours. She was like, we have to leave immediately. I'm going to cry. <laughs> she gets in my car she had cds that she had made mixed cds which uh, granted this was like this was like 2010 right 2011 yeah i think 2012 2012 i think yeah or 13 yeah i don't think that we we didn't do mixed cds anymore no but she had them we listened to hey jude on a loop on like a 20 minute loop (laughs) and she cried and when i dropped her off i said sometimes the world just has to break you to make you better. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And so she believed that, and that's just who she was. But I thought, I walked away from that thinking I'll never work for a woman who's that, like, or a human being that that's self-involved and thinks that, that I was only working for her for, like, I want to say, like, four or five months. So we were, like, three months in, and she thought she broke me. No, that's what a panic attack looks like. Yeah. Um, she was definitely the worst. Definitely the worst. I went on to never work for them again. I have a note in my phone that says, if you choose to go back to this film festival, contact Alana Davis. <laughs> she will tell you don't do it. Like, you rather die. And she had the same one in her phone, and it, like, popped up when they were, like, calling us back. And I was like, I can't come back for my sanity. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> That's how I am with retail. I can't go back. Once, like, you're out. Yeah. I have, I did retail for nearly ten years. Like, about eight-ish. Yeah. I've never done retail. And it's the worst. I still have PTSD from it. Fair. Well, Black Fridays, all that Black Fridays, just, just regular days. I did some food service industry work, too, but I I don't want to go back to it because it's it's just not for me. Yeah. But I, I, I would if I had to. If I had to wait tables, I would do it. But... I, you did way more retail than I've, I've never done a day in retail. It's the literal worst. I, mean, I have so many stories. Oh, it's, I think the worst for me was when I was working at the cafe and like the day before Thanksgiving, it ruined Thanksgiving for me, which I imagine retail would happen. Ruined Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Interesting. Why Christmas? Because <laughs> that's the time of year between like end of October to about March. Oh. Everyone is just absolutely insane. Mm. Like, working retail when, like, those big toy fads are happening and, like, parents are showing up at our doors <laughs> right before we open looking for stuff. Can I have that? <laughs> Can I have the Hatchimal, but only in a specific color? It's 
It's I insane. can't imagine. It's something I, I don't know why I didn't go retail because I hate a lot of things with food service, like dirt and cleaning yeah. and garbages. I have a permanent pinched nerve in my left shoulder from carrying heavy garbages to the point where I was training the new guy to carry my garbage and then he quit due to a cocaine addiction. So, <laughs> again, <laughs> that guy that guy sucked. That guy was definitely a worse. He was so high on cocaine, he was sitting on a bucket and he just wasn't working. And I was like, can you go home? <laughs> like, if I'm going to have to do your job, go home. worked with any, like, straight up drug addicts. He was definitely, he wasn't, and then he went through hardship, and then all of a sudden it was just, like, day and night. Oh, no, I did. I worked with a girl who would snort heroin. Oof. Oof. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, it's oof. <laughs> and that changes a lot of people, too. And I think maybe perhaps retail and food service is kind of, like, where you can kind of get away with that. Yeah. behavior but i've worked with a lot of good people too i guess but i worked with a lot of good people yeah definitely a lot of good people i'd say the good outweighs the bad for yeah. me for sure unfortunately you just are traumatized by the bad people so mm-hmm. you remember them what are some of your what are some things you've learned about like being a boss yourself oh i don't know like because like i just i treated all of my like my team that i had with the utmost respect and i always looked to them for guidance as well mm-hmm. especially because i was new coming into the organization so with daija she was my senior staff member so like with her i would go to her with like the f- first things like if i need advice on something or if i need to know background on something or i just need a second opinion mm-hmm but it was also learning that I couldn't make just a be-all to end-all decision okay. without it being questioned. Like, I had to let my ego go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is hard. It is. <laughs> but it also made sense in a way that I couldn't say, this is what we're doing without having, like, done research or having a reason to do that. Because right. if it, like people are going to question a decision and like having had bad bosses and like knowing what a bad boss looks like. I try right. to model myself not after that. Yeah. I think that is important not to just step into a boss role, but to have experienced it's, the good and the bad. Yeah. Like even now when I go back to visit my old team, they compare their current bosses to me. Yeah. Which is a good, I guess a good thing. And they still have like, they still respect me. I still respect them. We're still, like really close which is a good that's a good sign yeah yeah that's a great sign because there's plenty of people i walk away from and never speak to again exactly uh i don't i liked being a boss and did not like being a boss i was in a unique situation where i was in charge but i didn't really have a team so i had like 64 people looking to me but I was like, oh, no, I'm not a real boss. <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's just my personality or being, like, I did not want to be a bitch. So there was times that I knew that I should discipline, but I was always like, hey, would you mind? <laughs> and I hated it because I am more of a blunt and direct person, Same. but that comes off as if when it's, when it's a, and I also feel like sometimes, like, there was this time, like, <laughs> I asked someone to do something, and she was like, why is that tiny white woman telling me what to do? And I was like, okay, like, you don't have to do it, it's fine. <laughs> if you want, yeah. 
they, I definitely, there was, towards the tail end of that, I definitely had people who respected me and were like, yeah, definitely. But because I was so lenient, I did, like, not lenient, but not, I, I came off as, like, too relaxed, I think. Yeah, I, I could see that. I'm, I always took the role as a boss as being relaxed. Like, nothing was, let's get it done right now. Let's, like, nothing was, like, a big rush priority because having experienced it as a worker and having mm. bosses that were always like everything needs to get done right now always be moving always doing stuff that doesn't like make a good working environment mm, high no. stress is just not good no that's one of my biggest pet peeves with working it's the when people are just like high stress all the time like so no the fuck down like, uh, yeah, I've definitely had, like, I don't know, like, I need a minute. Like, if you have a problem, there is a 90% chance that I can fix it. Yeah. But I need 10 minutes to fix that problem, to figure out what's happening, and then tell you my plan instead of you calling me, screaming at me, telling me I dropped the ball. That's not going to work for me. No. That's not going to work. And even though I've expressed that to a couple people, some people don't catch on. No. So it's like, and then I would get calls like, oh, you have to come do this. I can't. I'm trying to resolve your problem. So, <laughs> so there are definitely times that I just I just don't answer the phone. But, <laughs> but I guess... So now, what is your title? What are you doing? I am a cultural and community engagement specialist. That's a big title. I know. So we, we, <laughs> we condense it just to engagement specialist. Okay. Enga- All right. I like that. What... So you went to school for... I went to school for... A lot of things. Yeah. But I graduated <laughs> with a bachelor's in child and adolescent psychology. And do you plan on, like, pursuing that? Yes. Like, currently I'm back and forth between going back to school or not. hmm But recently we were told that the school district that I'm currently at is going to be doing a meeting where they may pay for us to go back to school for Ooh. certain degrees. So that would be good. I think you'd be really good at that. Yeah. So right now with my job position, it's basically getting kids who are disengaged with school to be re-engaged and breaking down barriers and Hmm. giving them the support they need to go back to, like, go back to class, stay in class, and advocate for them. Mm -hmm. Which is something that's, like, really great because I love telling people that they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I love breaking down systems. (laughs) And I love just fighting for people. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is probably, the, out of, like, all the jobs you've had, is probably the best suited yeah. for you at this point, yeah. Yeah, I went to school for also a lot of different things. I think I originally started as liberal arts, and that was a joke. But my bachelor's degree finally ended up in public relations and marketing, and I'm working towards my master's in a lot of different things again. It's like marketing and new media, which yeah. basically means staying on trend. I think I was forced to go back because marketing is constantly changing. But I definitely took, I did a lot. I used my degree and then I took times where I didn't use it. But I also, I don't know, I just abandoned public relations. <laughs> so, and went like full marketing. I don't know if it's just because I liked it. There was more. I do like it. I'm not sure there's mm-hmm. more jobs. But I also, I would be fine being someone's Olivia Pope and doing their PR. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I started here. as a culinary student. Yeah. Because I love to cook. And I thought that could be a job. Like, I turned my 
hobby a into very, a job. Right. Hard and job. I did one semester of it and realized I could not do it. Mostly because I'm too punk rock for mm. learning how to do a tournée or a chiffonade or any of like the fancy knife cuts. No one needs to know how to do that. Like, honestly, I'm sorry. You don't. And plus all of like the chefs I dealt with were just assholes. I uh, unfortunately, from what I've heard, is like that's I don't know if that's a stereotype, if it's real, what's happening, if they're jaded, if it's hard, what's going on. But I've heard that too. And these weren't even like professional chefs; these were the professors. They were just assholes. But I wonder if it's also in part like psychologically, like they thought they were going to be chefs, and now they're teaching. teaching. And Who I knows? like I get that, but I'm also was raised to respect everyone. Yeah. And. If you're not going to give me the respect that I'm giving you, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. Or second dick. <laughs> Either or. Either or. Whatever you want. Yeah, respect in a workplace is definitely a big thing for me. And as far as, like, pet peeves, my biggest work pet peeve is when you don't pull your own weight. And either you don't acknowledge that you're not pulling your own weight or worse, when you think you are. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, even in, like... Smaller jobs that's like always driven me insane. Even in like group, group assignments that drives me insane. I hate when people complain too much. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and like not and about things that could be changed. Not even that. Just minor things that no one actually cares about. Right. Then there's a difference between like you're having a bad day and you're complaining to you're coming in every day and complaining about these things. Yeah. Yeah, the last work environment I had was so toxic that everyone was doing that all the time, complaining. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm doing it too, because everyone around me is, and it's so toxic. With my last job, like, all of my staff, including myself, were constantly complaining because we were the ones that saw how bad things were getting, and our Mm -hmm. leadership team just didn't care. Yeah, And didn't see our complaints as valid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's hard. And I also I also hate when someone hires you to do a job but then doesn't trust you enough to do it. Do the job, yeah. Yeah. Because I've been doing marketing now for six years. So I'm not like I know what I'm doing. And I'm not having been at it for ten years, but I'm pretty well established and I just hate when people especially and I hate to say it, but older older people are like, Well, are you sure that like and I also hate that people think that my whole job is social media and it's not. It's a whole lot of things, but as far as social media, older, like, baby boomers don't understand it, mm-hmm. therefore they don't get why we need to spend time on it, just stuff like that it always drives me insane. But they trust you to run it, but they don't understand it, so they don't trust you. Ugh, people are insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ideally, I would just like to run my own company, and eventually I will, <laughs> so just my own marketing company, and eventually events. Mostly because Beth doesn't know this, and I recently confessed this to Dan, that Beth runs events really well, and I plan (laughs) to eventually build a company and then branch off into events and make her run that side of it. Because she, too, went to school for psych, but I don't know if she'll ever utilize it. Psych's a hard thing to utilize unless you are going into, like, social work or therapy. Mm-hmm. But, like, in my case, I would love to get my master's in social work or mental health counseling, but you need, like... 800 hours of an internship and a practicum and I can't do that while working a full-time job which is hard and it's something that they don't really tell you as you start to pursue your your goals in college Ugh. I mean 
Dan's got his degree in, um, I don't know what. <laughs> Anthropology? Archaeology? One of those two. Digging up stuff. And we were just talking about that. I said, is this where you saw yourself? And he says, this is, this is working. So I guess at some point you just decide whether you're going to use your degree or not. But my older sisters do use theirs. Alyssa is an archivist for one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies. And the way she describes her job, because people are like, what's an archivist? Is like National Treasure. Have you ever seen that movie? That's what she does. She She steals the Declaration of Independence? Yes. (laughs) She keeps all the artifacts safe. Um, And Caitlin until she had her kids and eventually will probably use it again was a teacher and for special special ed and regular normal children or whatever they're called um what are they called because they don't call it special ed anymore they call it no she has her master's in that they 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 both but uh they both well Caitlin knew but you need your master's to be a teacher right yes and Alyssa majored in English and then went back for archaeology not archaeology that's Dan to be an archivist. <laughs> Nobody goes back for archaeology. <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> yeah, Shane has his bachelor's in math and education and then a master's in mathematics. And he's had did a he, plethora of jobs. Did he do his through Albany? His he did masters? his master's through Albany, yeah. Yeah. So but I that was know. a whole thing because they fucked that up. Yeah. And I think they offer you too. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah, he's had a plethora of jobs. I recently got an email from Shane's former company that used to sell us a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Shane's old company. No, I'm not interested. Shane's not there anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's done really well. But Shane's burnt out from teaching, yeah. I'd say. So he's pursuing new jobs. If anyone's looking for, like, a math... A mathematician. Um, Shane is also credited as our um sound, sound engineer. Yeah. <laughs> so... He's a jack of all trades. I once worked at a preschool, believe it or not. So I've worked at elementary school. There's we've done a lot. We've definitely done a lot. That was my first job, actually. At a elementary school. Yeah, I was an after school like specialist. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Like we worked the after school program. It was basically babysitting, and mm. we did stuff with like educators. And then I would work there during the summer camp, and I would work as a teacher's assistant for summer school, and then we would have an after-summer school program. Hmm. That was, like, a decent job. So do you want to work with children? I think so. Like, I've worked with children enough. and to like know. I'm, I'm currently working with, like, teenagers. Do you prefer teenagers to work with? I've worked with from kindergarten up right. until high school, and right now I like, I like the teenagers because, like, we're closer in age, so, like, we, I relate to them more. But then I also love little kids because they just say crazy shit all the time. Oh, I love that too. I think I miss that about the daycare, uh, the preschool slash daycare. There was this little girl, Kira, and there, well, there's two, there's two little girls, but the first one, Kira, was so smart. And I said to her, um, we were learning the alphabet and I was kind of like a, I don't really want to say teacher because I feel like that's disrespectful yeah. to actual teachers, but I was helping them learn their alphabet. I said, what comes after P? And she looked at me serious and she said, Poop. <laughs> Poop comes after P, Miss Devon. And sometimes a letter. And I said, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. You're not wrong, kid. Yeah, I was like, well, we're concentrating on the letters today. And the other one was, I mean, this young girl had an older sister, and her mom was, like, an astounding, amazing, brilliant doctor. And these girls were 
obviously genetically blessed and she was making sure they were educated and this girl was four and there was another little girl running around and I said what are you guys doing and they said we're waiting for our prince and Jillian pops up and she goes you'll be waiting for a long time because he's not coming (laughs) and I was like okay (laughs) like those are definitely my two favorite moments from from like being a daycare provider and I was like oh yeah, you will be waiting a long time. But then the other girl said, my prince is my dad and he's going to pick me up at 4 p.m. And I was like, all right, <laughs> this is what happens when you work for a Montessori school. The kids are brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, after that, I never wanted to work with kids again. I never wanted to have kids after that. So. Yeah, I don't want to have kids because I, I see kids all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Kids are a lot of work, and, and stay-at-home parents, I mean, I that's an insane job. I give I you a lot of credit. I, I would gladly foster a kid, Dana. but they would have to be of high school age, so I can just bring them to work, drop them, drop them off, I, I check in throughout the day, pick you up, we both leave at the end of the day. They can done. feed themselves, so they can bathe themselves, yeah. use the bathroom, fend for themselves. Dan asked me, we were watching um, a TV show, and they had adopted two kids, and he said, do you ever think about adopting kids? And I said, no. I didn't even let him finish. And he said, we can get a cute little kid, you know, from a third world country, and he's home. And I said, why would you want that? And he goes, just think about a little person that we could hang out with all the time. And I was like, you have me. (laughs) You don't need a kid. No, he was totally kidding, but... He really, he did think about, like, maybe we need, I was like, we can get another friend. Yeah, we can get, like, get a friend, <laughs> friend, a dog. Yeah, eventually I would like a dog. That's, like, what's my plan, just to get a dog and get settled. Mm-hmm. Buy a house, get a yard, have a yeah. dog. Like, run my own company from my house <laughs> until I can afford a workspace. Yeah, and just do, do adults. Do the stuff we should have been doing in our 20s and our 30s. Because I feel like we had a very tumultuous, if that's the correct word, 20s. Well, I don't even think, like, I don't know. I, I mean, like, buying a house, I always thought that would be, like, in my 30s. I don't, I don't really have a traditional timeline, but I do know that I want a lot done with my work life and goals. Yeah. Before, like, I don't need to be real. I don't need to be married. I don't really need to have a house. I would like to have those things. I would like, a dog is probably top priority. Yeah, a dog's my next priority. <sighs> but... I really want to have, like, a career. Like, that's always been my thing. I need to have a solid career. Yeah, we've always had jobs. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that it's important for everyone to know that, like, some jobs suck. (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. And some will be better than others. And, I don't know, it's like, nothing is forever. My mom used to say, sometimes you have to have a soul-sucking job to know that you have a soul. I'm like, that's okay. Just don't stay in them too long. Your job or career does not define who you are as a person. No. And if you're in a in a job, like in retail or in food service, and that's not what you see yourself doing, it's okay. Yeah. You can do it for... I always say I, I could do everything for a year. And sometimes I'm there for three, so go figure. <laughs> yeah, I did retail while I was finding myself. And getting my life back together. Those are good jobs. Yeah. Yeah. They're good jobs. It's good income. It's steady. And it's great for that when you're like, you could interview for other things. You can discover things about yourself. So I wouldn't count them out. At all. No. 
I just at this point at 29 years old, I don't see myself waiting tables. I would love to be a bartender, <laughs> but I don't have a mixology degree. And that's the thing now. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I could serve beer and wine all day, <laughs> all day. And I think I could handle the sexual harassment that would come with that. <laughs> I don't drink like I would never drink and work like old old school bartenders so um, I would be great at it if anyone's hiring a bartender who also does marketing <laughs> tweet at me <laughs> but I think yeah it's your job also like you said like doesn't really define like all of you Yeah. so that's good to keep in mind too I don't know I've I've only ever quit one job. I've like I've quit all of my jobs to find other jobs or because I moved. Well, I feel like that's more of like you left. I left. I guess that. you quit them. No, but, I quit them. But I've never been fired from a job. I guess I've rage quit from jobs, but only only Subway did I rage quit from, because he said I had to come in and work on a broken foot, and I said no, I quit. <laughs> so. But I typically, I typically, I have left jobs. I have. Yeah, so I guess I have quit more than one job. I just think of it as an ending, like a little yeah. bow tied up. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I, I don't know, I've been fired. And I don't know if, like, I, I was like, I quit. And he was like, you're fired. And I wish I wasn't so young. So then I would have realized that, like, then he was, like, liable to, like, pay me money and yeah. stuff. Um, so that's important to know. Like, if you, I don't know how it works in other states, though. Yeah, man. But there are rules and stuff, and um, usually employers owe you more than you owe them when you get fired, so <laughs> jokes on them. <laughs> but, yeah, I've only rage quit once. I've wanted to rage quit so many times, though. There were times that I left that same boss at a bar during the film festival, and I was like, I'm going to go home and sleep now. I've been going for 18 hours, <laughs> and I wanted to quit that night, but I didn't. So, there's been plenty of times that I'm like, I'm not dealing with this anymore, I'm quitting. But I think it's important to say that you shouldn't quit <laughs> unless you have your next move lined yes. up. You can't just... I know a bunch of kids at the school I work at that are working, like, shitty jobs. And they just... They think they can just quit and not have a safety net. Yeah, safety nets are important. And you should save a little bit of money as you go. So, yeah. that in case you get fired, you have that safety net. And for teenagers, I think, like, seasonal jobs are great. Like Yeah. Some of these kids I'm trying to teach that, like, if you're, you can quit, but you need to start applying to jobs and get interviews lined up and have a job waiting for you. Yeah. Definitely. And especially as a kid, it's a little bit, sometimes a little bit easier. People are looking for part-time stuff. And people don't really, um, you know, they know that those jobs are better filled by youths. Yeah. Because I don't want a part-time job. I hate when people come at me and they're like, is part-time okay? And I'm like, No. no. I'm a full-time friend. I'm an, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm an adult. Like, what am I going to do with the rest of my part of my time? Think about working. <laughs> I'm definitely someone who goes stir crazy when I'm not working. And I am someone who is a workaholic. So if I'm not at work, I'm thinking about work and how I can make it better. And it's terrible. I'm the opposite. Like, if I have a week off for vacation, by the end of the week, I will... He quits his job. <laughs> not when I go back, and then I'll go back to work and have a like existential crisis of why am I here? Why am I doing this? And it's the, if I stop working, and then it's just like I don't need to work. 
Meanwhile, I'm checking my email, my phone. I'm like, if you need anything, just call me. I don't, you know, I'll do it. I'll work even though I'm not being paid. It's terrible. It's not, I don't suggest that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't even know what next week is supposed to topic supposed to be. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We never know. So if next week, if we are still in the thick of like the coronavirus, oh, yeah. we might come back to that. If we are, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you'll, you'll get a apocalypse special. Yeah, maybe you'll just get like an update on our live special. Yeah. But tweet at us and let us know because maybe we'll change it. We definitely yeah. have something lined up, but we are kind of just going with the flow and changing things as needed let us know about your job like what's your worst job you've ever had your best job you've ever had yes if you've worked retail i want to hear some of your crazy retail stories i love them and if you're a woman do you too feel like if you are have authority that you are being a bitch even though i hate saying that about women authority but <laughs> it's it's a it's a thing and do you feel like you get that from more women or men or both that is definitely my question. I want to know. And I also want to know, because I, I don't, I have never had children in my plan, but stay-at-home parents, what makes you decide? To stay at home. Yeah. And when, when did you decide it and why? Because, I mean, my mother was a stay-at-home mom for, uh, I want to say nine, more than nine years. Because Beth was nine Eight, nine, 13, 13 years, I think. So I think it's an, an amazing job, but I would go crazy. So what do you do not to go crazy, too, in those times? As a stay-at-home parent, I want to know that. And do you watch a lot of daytime TV? Are you all watching Oprah? I want to know. Oh, the View? <laughs> oh, The View. Yeah, I guess Oprah's not anymore. Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people are watching that anymore. Um, yes. So that's what we want to know. Your worst retail stories. If you're a woman, are, can, how do you feel about being a boss if you're a woman boss? Or do you not want to be a boss because you're a woman? Who knows? Um, yeah. Just checking. Okay. So those are our questions. Follow us on Twitter. Instagram. Instagram, Twitter. We don't have Facebook because we're not baby boomers, but we'll get it if you want it. <laughs> if you demand it, we'll get it. Capitalism. Yep. Um, we have our website. Make sure you're following us. You guys know the drill. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a fresh new topic. That's what we're going to say. Yeah, don't know what it is. <laughs> and eventually, we will be introducing guests to our podcast, so get excited. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. So... What was your all-time best moment in your work? No, wait, worst. Do worst first. Oh, worst. worst. Probably when I was still working at Target and a guy called me homophobic. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And mind you, I'm, a, I'm <laughs> super gay if you haven't Gay noticed. man, yeah. <laughs> and he called me homophobic and that, and I went the fuck off. This is like year eight of working retail mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had finally lost it and I went off on him and it was bad and at that point I knew I needed to find a new job uh yeah that's fair I think that mine might be the hey Jude moment but if we wanted to do something smaller there was a Thanksgiving order and she ordered gluten-free gravy 
and I gave it to someone else. <laughs> and she was like screaming at me, a well-established woman in in the community. And so we just made her like fake, not like there wasn't gluten in it, okay? But it wasn't like special gravy because we were under crunch time. But it, we still got it done. But I, she was like screaming at me. Or the man from the hotel who told me my face just looked bitchy. That was probably worse. And then if I was a nicer person, I'd get tipped better. And I was like, I hope someone said that to your daughter one day, sir. But that was also rude of me. <laughs> what is your all-time best? Um, well, on Friday, I got to play with a dog. So, like, that's recent. Yeah, that's good. But okay. is that your all-time best moment I of mean, playing with that dog? <laughs> like, what about, like, promotions? Honestly, I've never really been promoted. I just kind of, like... In retail, like, a promotion isn't really, like... Ooh, that's true. Unless you're, like, you're a store manager, like, no one really gives a shit. True. Like, I don't know. I've just been... I've been working for so long. That it's hard. It's, it's hard, hard to think of those moments. Yeah. It's mostly just, like, what happened within the last year? Yeah. And, like, I'm always excited about dogs, because dogs... Puppies at the workplace should be a thing. at the workplace are a thing, and it's great. Um... Probably just connecting with my kids, like some of them just like mm-hmm. that had no one to connect with and like now we're yeah. connected and it's satisfying and it's heartwarming. Yeah, that's a good one. My mind sounds terrible now. <laughs> my like the all time best work moment is when working, I feel like we you guys started drinking game all the time. Many times they say film festival throughout this podcast. But I was asked to make a phone call to call Mark Ruffalo's people and I was like, Hi, I'm looking this is so. This is Devin from the Lala Film Festival and blah blah. I'm looking for Mark Ruffalo's people, and he was like, "This is Mark Ruffalo," and my heart fell out my butt, and I had to have a conversation with him and act cool. But now I'm pretty good at acting cool in front of famous people. But he was like being evicted from his building, and he was like, "Oh, I might not be able to make the event because I'm I'm proving a point," and I was like, "You know what? Good for Mark Ruffalo because he could stay at that apartment complex, but he was proving that the working class Americans who live there cannot." But, yeah, probably just having him on the other line, because I've always loved him. He's, like, super cool. My mom I've always met loved him, him. And, yeah. and now she thinks they're best friends. Yeah, she's always like, tell Mark. I was like, it was one time. <laughs> no. no, but he's awesome. He's an awesome, and he was, he's a big supporter of, like, all things that are great. Yeah. So that was probably my best. But, all right, so tune in next week for whatever we are planning You'll be surprised. Yeah, we'll be surprised. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? We might not be here. We might die. (laughs) We don't know. So, that's that. Follow us. Tweet us. Do everything you have to do. Subscribe. Yes. We are on Spotify. Just go there. If there's other places, we'll put them on our website. But Um, iTunes is being a bit of a bitch. They must have quite the process to get through. Yeah. But, yeah. So, that's that. So, how are we going to end this? (laughs) Have a great week. And don't be a dick. And don't be a dick.